let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, welcome all of you here to our live taping at Sunny's Pizza. <laughs> oh, this is gonna really like turn that enthusiasm around because now I have to finish the intro. And today we're talking about an important issue, COVID summer surge. <laughs> The hospitalization rate in D.C. rose 29% earlier this summer. But it definitely doesn't feel like a pandemic out there. Everything's open, people are out and about. So how seriously are we supposed to take all of this? Politico's health reporter, Chelsea Ceruzzo, is here with me. And my co-host, Michael Schaefer, is here to discuss. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what D.C. is talking about. Thanks for being here, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I, I love Sunnies, and I love you guys. So I'm happy to be here. It is very mutual. I don't know about y'all, but I have been reading so much about this surge in COVID numbers in D.C. Have y'all heard about this? And so something that is kind of tricky about this conversation is that, you know, we're in a pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, but out on the streets, it doesn't necessarily feel like we're in a pandemic. So hopefully, Chelsea, you can shed some light on why what's happening, why it feels like maybe it doesn't feel super pandemic-y out on the streets, but we are still in a pandemic. What's going on? Yeah, I, I hope so. I know we all hear COVID and we're like, oh my God, I, I can't do this anymore. But it is important to talk about. So I appreciate you guys all listening. There has been a rise in hospitalizations nationally. And looking at DC's own numbers, and this is new hospital admissions for COVID. So that's when somebody goes to the hospital for COVID. There has been an uptick starting in mid-July, um, according to the CDC. It is worth noting that this uptick is about a quarter of what we saw about one year ago at the same time. Wait, so one year ago, i.e. at a time when people also thought we were not in the pandemic, yep. it was four <laughs> times what it is now. Yeah, it, it was more, it definitely. So, I mean, we are seeing a similar rise uh, like at that time, but not as great as before. That said, there are, you know, some nuances here. COVID changes pretty rapidly. I'm sure you guys have seen the variants, which are, you know, named like I named my resume on my <laughs> Word document. Um, so we, we do know that these that this hospitalization is likely driven by two different variants, one being XBB 1.5 and the other being a newer variant called um, EG5, which has also been dubbed Eris. So we are we do know those are things that we're looking out for, and that's probably where this rise is coming from. So what does this like mean for us at this stage? Yeah. Like, given that I mean Washington is a place with fairly high vaccine participation with fairly conscientious people. Um, talk to me about sort of what this means for DC specific. Yeah, of course. So Earlier this year, we had COVID centers. I don't know if anyone remembers COVID centers. That's where you could go get a test, get a vaccine, get a mask. We don't have those anymore. So 
you know, from the experts I've spoken with this year, it kind of really comes down to a lot of personal choice and being proactive, right? Going to your doctor, going to your pharmacist and asking, do I need to get an updated shot? Have you guys noticed like people behaving differently in the last few weeks? Since the sur surge has gotten more news? Yeah, I'm seeing more people masking, which is great. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more people thinking about COVID. I know at my doctor, it used to be all masks. And then it was kind of like, masks optional, kind of got real loosey-goosey. And then going back to the doctor, they were back doing masks required. And so, yeah, it, it is, I, I have noticed that, have you? Yeah, I mean, my friends, it, it changes, you know, um, I might, you know, have plans with a friend one night, but they had another friend who got COVID and they're not so sure anymore. And we just decide, you know, we're not gonna hang out. We're just gonna wait, um, which is nothing that we like stopped entirely, but it has come more into the conversation. But it's interesting, I mean, like you said before, these changes might be happening, but you know, we don't have the COVID centers anymore. And, you know, school just came back. And in the past, students have had to test ahead of coming back to school. And that hasn't been a thing as much this year. Yeah. I'll say, like, just as a parent of kids, I don't notice any change. Like, like people at playdates are, are hopping, you know. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I, the only thing I've noticed personally is, so I've got this thing where I'll get these, like, coughing jacks for, like, five minutes of, like, really. And, and I've been tested. It's not COVID. <laughs> But the, like when that has hit me, like in public, the looks of hatred and disdain I get from my fellow humans. Those are looks uh, from me. I'm the person who's right. like on the other but end those, of those, those looks. looks and I'm, gotten, I'm sitting next to him. Because <laughs> this is a long-standing thing, and those looks have gotten much more intense the last month or so. Yeah. Wait, what what percentage of us are currently vaccinated and boosted? Most of DC residents have gotten at least one shot. Booster uptake, the bivalent booster, which was last year, is a little bit less so. Um, I think only a third of DC's population last year got that shot. So your initial shot will protect you, but the boosters are what keeps you continuously protected, like a flu shot, right? It's engineered towards the variant that is out there. I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, you mentioned that we have, we used to have COVID centers, you know, testing and boosters and things like that was kind of ubiquitous. It doesn't really feel like that is the case anymore. Did, is, it, is it right that they stopped? Like if you wanted to get a COVID test now, you just have to pay for it out of pocket or your insurance would pay for it? Yes, you're, yes you have to go to a store, you have to buy one. It is, um, it is much harder, right? I mean, I used to walk into the library, get tests, but now, um, yes, it is up to you to pay for them and to request reimbursement through your insurance. When it comes to if you're uninsured or maybe um, you know you aren't able to get to a CVS, DC. I spoke with DC Health today, and they told me that they took their stockpile of tests and masks and gave them to community organizations, which they say will be handing them out at, at their events. But they didn't really give me much more information on who they are and where to find them. So if you're paying for tests and it's up to you to do the, I'm sure, you know, pile of paperwork to get reimbursed and wait forever, it does seem like something that would be a real barrier to this thing that the city and I think, you know, officials are telling us we should be doing, but we're not going to give you a lot of help figuring out how to actually do it. Well, and it's like a throwback to the early pandemic days when it was really hard to get a test. Oh my God, yes. Remember that? I Those were the days. Has anyone tried to navigate this process of getting a test when you thought you might have COVID recently? Yeah, I'd love to hear about how that process was if you're comfortable sharing. I'm Kayla. I'm also a CityCast DC, um, but I got COVID like several months ago. So it's not, you know, it's a while ago, but I was trying to find like a, a PCR test and I had to like drive. Luckily I have a car like all the way out 
to Maryland to like get the test and I went to like a CVS and it took like an hour and a half like I took take half a day off like it was just like a whole disaster and like you're feeling sick it was it was like not fun thanks for sharing Kayla I have a story I want to share about COVID test please uh, the United States Postal Service do they not still do the thing where they send you uh yeah, that's a good question. So um, they have not said that they will do so this year, though um, recently, um, like it was mentioned earlier, I'm a national health reporter. Um, recently um, on a call with reporters, HHS said, that's the health department. Um, sorry, I get very nerdy about this stuff. They did say <laughs> that um, they do still have a stockpile and they do uh, still have contacts with the U.S. Postal Service, though they did not they didn't commit to saying that they will be sending those tests out. So that's something that I'm watching as a reporter. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow! There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. Wait, so what do we know at this point about long COVID? That's a good question. And it's hard to say, you know, every time I talk about long COVID and I've been reporting on it for a few years, um, I always feel like I get stuck saying we still don't know a lot. And that's just the truth, right? Um, we do, we have learned more and more over the past few years, um, but there's still a lot of mystery when it comes to long COVID, which are lasting symptoms like fatigue, like um, respiratory um, issues that last beyond the initial infection. A recent study did come out from Nature Medicine that found that people with long COVID, um, and this was a study of people who got a COVID early on in the pandemic still have symptoms two years later. Mm which is stark. It's hard to hear. And, you know, I recently read an op-ed from an author I really like, uh, Madeline Miller, who wrote Song of Achilles. Great book. Please read it. Um, but she mentioned having long COVID and she talked about how it kept her from doing her writing. And it struck me because I'm, I'm a fan. I want her writing out there. And it struck me just how um, hard it can be to have long COVID. So it's scary that we don't know that much, but it's something I continue to think about and I hope others are thinking about as well. Yeah. All right, so we are here at uh, Sunny's Pizza, beautiful like outdoor covered patio area. There's, uh, I see hand sanitizer on a bunch of the tables. Is there like a sense of what best practices ought to be now uh, to accommodate life in this current surge? Um, I did speak with DC Health, like I said before, and they, you know, give the same advice we've been hearing for the past three years. Wash your hands, wear a mask in crowded areas. Don't leave your house if you're sick. And that includes if it's the flu or RSV. Those are also concerns. Or even if you think it's a cold, um, you never know. So be more conscientious of that going forward. Yeah. I should share. I mean, I I was really resonated with me what you were saying about long, about long COVID. I have long COVID. Uh, it sucks. The person that you were talking about, how, how it impacted her ability to write, 
definitely identify with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I will say one thing about having long COVID is that when I first got diagnosed with long COVID, a lot of people, like people that I worked with and people in my circle were like, oh, that's so hard. And like, I felt like a lot of like support around it. I think it's one of those things where at a certain point people are like, I don't want to hear about your long COVID. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not really the kind of thing that I, I think it mirrors how we dealt with COVID generally. We're at a certain point, people just decided they don't want to talk about it anymore. It's and an they wanted to, affliction. Yeah, like they wanted to get on with their life. And it's interesting to me how it was such a big part of our lives and how quickly people just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. So speaking yeah. of big parts of our lives, you say there's going to be another booster. Yes. And I assume that that's going to bring with it all of the agita that the previous boosters did. <laughs> what should we expect in DC? Where will that be delivered? Will, will it be free like the other ones? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's the story? Yep, yep, that's a great question because it is going to be different this year. I didn't mention that there is one variant that the CDC is also watching, which you might also have heard about, which is called BA 2.86. It's important to just understand these variants because when we're thinking about the two dominant ones, those are the ones that are upcoming fall booster is going to be engineered towards. This new one, we don't know very much about it. We don't know how effective the booster is going to be. So something to keep an eye on. The CDC has identified two cases in the United States. So the other dominant ones are more important. So um, the um, administration, the Biden administration, you know, big national, um, they expect that the updated COVID shots should become available by uh, mid to late September. So hopefully sometime next month, DC did tell me they've already ordered the vaccines, which they will give to both um, public and private providers. Now, the difference this time around is, yes, you do need to go through your provider, through your doctor to get it or through your pharmacy and give your insurance to get it. That doesn't mean you'll be paying for it, but you do have to make sure your insurance is involved. If you're uninsured, um, it gets a little bit harder and it gets a little bit more confusing. I do know that the national government is working on getting um, an uninsured program into pharmacies. um, But as my colleagues at Politico have reported, that was happening a lot slower than for the insured program. So um, since my colleagues last reported on this, we do know that federal officials are moving faster to get the uninsured program into pharmacies, um, but that's something we're also watching. So when the time comes, um, you'll have to go to your doctor or go to your pharmacy and to get your shot. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here and thank you for following this story. I mean, I know it's a tough one to stay on top of, but we really appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. Yeah, of course, happy to do it. Give it up for Chelsea. <laughs> And before you go, here's some quick news. A bomb threat caused the evacuation of the National Zoo on Tuesday morning. Police searched the park after the threat came in at 10.40 a.m., but they found nothing suspicious. Also, D.C. will pay $5.1 million to gun owners and attorneys after a judge found that certain local gun laws violate the Second Amendment. More than 3,000 people qualify for payment through the class action lawsuit. The unconstitutional law in question banned carrying handguns outside the home and banned non-residents from carrying guns at all in D.C. And lastly, officials are starting the process of building a new bridge between Virginia and D.C. to reduce train congestion. Preliminary soil testing will begin for the Long Bridge Project on the Potomac River. The estimated $2.3 billion project is meant to double the capacity of passenger rail between D.C. and Virginia. 
that's all for today here on CityCast DC. And a big, meaningful thank you to everybody who came out to our live show at Sunny's Pizza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.